Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to the Pure Hope Show. I want you to know that we appreciate you deeply. People listen from all across the nation, and we have had people call in in other countries as well. This show now has been going on for 12 years plus, and all I can say is wowzers, we have not given up. I received this vision of an idea from having a a radio show and thought, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to do a radio show? But a beautiful gentleman named Tom Westland stepped up and said, I'll show you the way how to create a program. And of course, he helped us do this on the the computer and having all of you listen. So I'm thankful for Tom Westland for stepping up, and I'm thankful to you all of the listeners. Every month we have had some fantastic interviews on the Pure Hope Show. And today, once again, we're going to hopefully inspire you to lean forward and listen. Uh, Yesterday we had a little technical uh, hiccup, and perhaps we will have that today. Uh, Our speaker today is going to be Carrie Hummingbird, who will be calling in from Austin, Texas. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Carrie, and we'll see if we can get her on the air. This is her beautiful bio and the history of her journey. Carrie Hummingbird, a soul guide and host of the Soul Nectar Show, which is a great, great show. She is the author of a number one international best-selling book called The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book called Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening, which I know a little bit of because I read her uh, site on Facebook and her website. Uh, Miss Hummingbird inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticness and passion and purpose that impacts others as well as impacts the world. She helps to be a catalyst to shift minds, to transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom. Her newest book also is a number one international bestseller again. It is called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, and describes the most direct path to spiritual enlightenment. What I've also read about Sweet uh, Carrie is that she is a social activist, a leader, a philanthropist. She is also the founder of the Skills Not Pills movement and is very powerful in the places that she has gone and has had brilliant teachers helping her along the way. So I'm just going to check in right now. Is Carrie on the phone, Melissa, at all? Yes. Hi, Miss Carrie. How are you, sweetheart? 
I'm well. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping us, too. I know that we had a little snafu yesterday, but being a wonderful, flexible, holy teacher, you said, okay, well, we'll just do it tomorrow. So I'm glad that you're on our show today. So I'm thankful for that. So I was going to ask you some questions about, uh, I think I emailed you and said that we are all as women and men coming out of kind of a pandemic fog and trying to find our sea legs again, our land legs again, and walk and move into this emergence that we're moving into. And you had agreed that you think that we are um, kind of emerging. And do you want to tell our listeners a little bit what you're viewing or seeing or receiving from your ancient guides about what this period of time means for us? Yeah, absolutely. I think... um I love the visual of sea legs that you gave. Um, When I was growing up, my dad had a boat, and so I spent a lot of time sailing on a boat and being on the boat for several days, right? And when you're on a boat for many, many days in a row, you get those sea legs, which is great for the boat because it helps you to balance yourself and sort of, you know, walk around in a new way on on the boat and not fall over. But but as soon as you make it back on land, you have to kind of reacclimate. You have to get used to the new land that you just that you're walking around on. And if you try to walk with sea legs on the land, you find out that it's very unstable. And I think that's what's going on for a lot of people right now. Is sort of you can imagine a lot of like sea drunk people trying to walk on land um, when they just landed. <laughs> it's a little awkward. Um, and they're not mm-hmm. only trying to just walk, they're trying to run, you know. So um, there's this sense of, like, trying to run through it and get there quick and hurry up and make up for last time and get back to business. And that is um, leading to a lot of crashes, you know, frankly, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that in my practice as well. So when when you're – students and lovely tribe come to you and say, uh, Miss Hummingbird, Carrie, ancient goddess who's inside of that body, (laughs) can you direct us in how we get moving here during this time of spring and hopping into summer? How how would you suggest um, to the people who are trying to find some sturdiness and uh, solidness underneath their feet right now? Yeah, so it's a, it's kind of take a break, you know, relax. Um, things aren't going to work the same way. You know, we, mm-hmm. I think many people wanted to get back to normal, and the normal that we used to have doesn't exist anymore. And there's many people that are trying to do the things that used to work now that things have open, are opening back up again and people are getting out there, trying to do the same things that used to work several years ago. And those things aren't working very well. And, and that's because we're not operating in that reality anymore. Um, I actually was speaking with somebody I really care about uh, who is not on my spiritual path, but is somebody I'm very fond of. And, and they were sharing with me how it's so weird. Like I, I used to have this focus and I used to be able to, you know, just focus on the thing and, and, and just, um, you know, make my plans and execute my plans and everything would work. And now it's like I'm in some kind of fog. And I said, well, does it feel dreamy? Does it feel 
sort of otherworldly? Does it feel sort of soft-focused? And this person said, yeah, it feels sort of soft-focused. And I said, well, you're entering the beauty way. That's what that Mm -hmm. is. I mean, the beauty way is the soft focus. It's not the hard mind, mental, um, structured focus. It's actually a very soft, dreamy, watery focus. And it's not in your control, which is, I think, the part that's bothering many people is that that hard focus gives you the illusion of control. It makes you think like you can control everything and make it happen the way you intended to happen. And in the beauty way, it's, doesn't work that way. So it is a total paradigm shift. And, um, you know, for those of us who've already been walking this path, you know, we're like, oh, it's more of the same, but it's more intense. You know, for me, it's just more intense. Yeah. It's, it's like the next the next level of the beauty way, you know. Um, beauty way level 200. Um, yeah. But, you <laughs> know, for people that are it. brand new to it, 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 it's uncomfortable, you know, to make that shift from the hard focus into the soft focus. It's very unnerving because, you don't. You realize you don't actually have control over it. Um, what you do have control over is how you respond to it and how you approach it and meet it. That you have mm. a lot of control over. So I would suggest um, meeting it in a different way. And the way to meet it, the energy, the best energy to meet it with, in my experience, and, and I know that you have hope, you have lots of experience with meeting the beauty way, I feel like the way to meet it is with curiosity. Hmm. A lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. Because I believe that the divine plan on Earth is absolutely perfect right now as it's unfolding. And um, I believe that this divine plan is conceived right now in in what I call complete unconditional love. And the last time when you were on air with us, you had said this is a planet that is going into mastery. And if people are not on some type of a path, um, like you said, the beauty way or mastery, that they will find this time much more difficult. Is that still what you see when you are um, putting out your feelers on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I I also want to say that um, I feel like anybody who is still on the planet today chose to be here. So the COVID experience, the pandemic experience gave us the opportunity to make that choice. And we got this big opportunity to leave the planet in a fairly easy way, you know, and, and for anybody who had loved ones leave the planet, you know, that doesn't make it any easier, you know, that they left. Um, that's still hard. It's hard for us that are left behind. We grieve them. We, we wish that they were still here. We, you know, we, we miss them. And, and still that was the graceful path for anyone who really wasn't interested in being here for this segment on earth to depart great, you know, very easily and quickly. Um, for the rest of us, you know, there's a lot of cleanup. You know, there's grieving, there's change, there's um, all the things that have to do with the mastery curriculum, you know, like less control and um, more uh, interaction with the, with the Divine Mother, you know, more lessons, more um, humility. All of those things are happening for us now on the planet. So anybody that's still here, you can bet that you signed up to be part of this uh, transition. You signed up for this this up-leveling of your uh, soul's curriculum. You know, you, you signed up for this mastery-level class, and, um, you know, and it's okay if you don't meet it 100% gracefully at first. Well, 
okay, that's fine. Um, it's no problem. You know, you, we're all learning together. Um, all of us are getting our own lessons for sure. And that, I think, has been the most humbling part for many people who are already spiritual teachers has been that, and myself included, you know, transparently, has been that, um, wow, this new curriculum, it, it really is like a whole nother level up. And it is calling forth um, all of my deepest tools to stay in harmony with the transition. And, and it's also like a refinement. So everything is way more nuanced than before. So, um, huh. you know, no matter where you meet the spectrum, you know, it's all more nuanced. So everything that you're going through, let's say um, if you were a little sloppy about something before, then you're not really getting the spaciousness to be sloppy with it now. <laughs> so it's, everything is sort of tightening up in terms of your integrity and how you meet the challenge. You're being called to... Um, greater challenges that test your ability to, let's say, stay compassionate in the middle of an exchange. You know, maybe um, I had several moments, you know, this year so far where, um, I, I mean, I just, I felt like I got pummeled, you know, like, like yeah. okay, this thing fell through that I was expecting and then this thing fell through and then that thing didn't work out as expected and then, and then all of the things were poking my, um, you know, my egoic sense of self, my self sense of importance, my, um, you know, my outlook, my feeling of control, everything was getting poke, 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 poke. And then on top of that, I would have somebody, um, you know, reach out and do another one of those things. And this would be somebody that's one of my students, somebody I really care about, somebody I, I want to stay hard open with and really accepting of their journey. And yet it was impacting me on the other side, right? So I was having all of my own personal challenges accepting their decisions, you know, and, and it just kept uh -huh. rapid fire. Like it went on for like three, four months. So we're huh. coming out of that now. And that's, you know, emerging is the theme. I feel like we got our tests, you know, we got, we got our, our, um, our up level to the new platform. So we understood like, this is the new game we're playing. Okay. And you got to see like, how well did you fare? Like, did you really lose it? <laughs> did you just fall apart? Did you just go like, okay, take me home now. I, I made a mistake. I don't want this class, <laughs> you know, I mean, or are you kind of like <laughs> laughing at yourself and, you know, <laughs> Having some humor with it is a good idea. Well, let's talk a little bit about your um, international bestseller book, The the Second Wave, because I believe either I read in it or on your website is that, and you can correct me if that's not true, that there are three waves of volunteers uh, that are on the planet at this time. Would you be able to describe what those three waves of volunteers are right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if we remember back to the 1960s, um, you know, that was a time of flourishing. That was a time of love and peace and the hippies and, you know, beautiful music speaking about love and coming together at the same time as it was like wars and greed and, you know, people being exposed and, um, you know, the civil rights movement. I mean, there was just, there was a lot going on at that time, very tense, lots of conflict, right? And, and lots of opportunities to practice diplomacy and um, to get into 
into our hearts and open our hearts and relate to each other in a whole new way. And and the frequency of everything on the planet like skyrocketed during the 60s. It just went, you know, at the same time it was matched by, you know, this lower frequency wars and things like that. So um, that's a snapshot. And the people who were actively um, coming up in that time period and coming of age in that time period would have been the first wave because all of those people were being shaped and formed by those circumstances and by, the, you know, up until now, up until that point, you know, and then coming into their power in service, you know, starting to merge into their power. So these things phase in just like the moon cycles. So you could say like the first wave kind of phased in right around the 60s and people came into their service work and their mission and their purpose kind of in, in a phasing in period and a phasing out period all around the 60s, the 60s being sort of like the center point. And then hmm. those people that were doing that work, you know, and whether or not you knew that you were that person, but, you know, some hallmarks of being that kind of um, light worker being is that you went through some tough stuff. Like you had some pretty really difficult um, family situations. Um, you were a disruptor of some kind. You felt like you were the black sheep, or I like to call it the rainbow sheep. You were the weirdo <laughs> of the family or the scapegoat. Um, or, you know, you just, found yourself in a spiritual calling or you found yourself um, really active maybe in the civil rights movement or you found yourself um, speaking out against the war, you found yourself really in that position of like taking a stand and, you know, being activated. And, you know, so that those are the people in the first wave. And the first wave people, I mean, they really, those people had to really trudge through some pretty thick, thorny bushes, you know, in order to paved the way. Mm -hmm. It was some pretty nasty stuff going on on the planet that needed a lot of love and a lot of light to um, transmute it. And, uh, you know, and so with any expansion, there's always a contraction. So, you know, we had the beautiful 70s, you know, kind of love in the air and then we started getting into the 80s you know and then we started getting yeah. into the 90s you know so I mean you can kind of see like the way that it works you know and then we had and then we started phasing in this new expansion right about 2012 started opening up this whole new window and who's now coming into um, adulthood in 2012? Who's now coming into their 40s and their 50s, like they're starting to emerge into their purpose, is all the people that were born in the 60s and the early 70s. So now you have this second wave starting, you know, and the second wave is we're just in full swing right now, you know, and um, I like to say for me, I'm part of the second wave and I was like the early harbinger of the second wave, you know, so born in the late sixties. I know a lot of messenger leaders of light women who are also, and mostly women, cause I just attract women, but there are lots of men too. So I don't want to just include men, but there's a, uh, there's a lot of leaders of light that are speaking out at this time that were born right around that time frame. And then on the other end, the book at the other bookend of this second wave would be my um, eldest son, who's now 22. And so there's like mm. this whole spectrum, you know, of age. Now, we're starting to see the phasing in of the third wave. And those would be like the diamond children. Like, and these kids are really different, okay? These kids are not um, your typical kids. They are shiny. They are very markedly psychic. They are very mm. empathic. 
they're very um they're they're like really moving us into new earth like this wave of kids is they're not here to be pattern disruptors they're not here to be um they're not doing the trench work you know that the first and second wave did these kids are coming in to bring the higher frequencies, more compassion, more love, more understanding. Not to say they don't have their bumps and scrapes, but they're just, they're a very different frequency. And you can spot them, you know, in a classroom. It's just really obvious, like, which ones are very different. And there's a whole wave of them coming out now. And they're really shiny. You know, that's the only thing I really could say. They're the younger ones are very, very shiny. So they're, they're starting hmm. to come out now. And they're, it's really interesting to see them, you know. And there'll be a whole spread, you know, probably a couple of, like, a at least a decade of those kids coming in before we start to get some really good traction. So why do we phase it in? Like, what's the point? Because um, you can't just flip a switch and have the great awakening. Like, that doesn't, that would yeah. be mass chaos. It would create tons of suffering and, um, and, and people would really resist it. The ego itself would resist that. So in order to accomplish this turning of the ages, you know, into the age of Aquarius, we had to have a strategy leading up to the, you know, to this, um, this new paradigm that would help the um, human genome rewire itself to be more receptive to these higher frequencies that are coming in. Um, so first wave, second wave, and now coming in third wave, everything is lifting. And, you know, that lifting is, is necessary it's beautiful and um you know as each new wave comes in they are lifting the frequencies even higher which can be challenging on the previous waves too you know like wow things just are really <laughs> you know you can kind of feel it right i mean i know that you self-identified as part of the first wave so what's your experience yep. of these third waves coming in i mean it's like lifting it right you kind of feel like mm -hmm. gosh i'm in the dark ages because <laughs> like, mm -hmm. they're so <laughs> yeah. light yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm and I think I told you last time when we talked is that as a first waiver, I welcome the second waivers come in. And uh, I just saw an interview the other day, and um, this woman's motto was: she said her mama taught her, uh, "Make your mess your message." And I kind of mm -hmm. like that. Make your mess your message because I was reading up a little bit about you and how you started waking up as a second waiver. And you talked about this uh, ancestral, you know, that you inherited an ancestral trauma um, that was kind of clashing of cultures and things like that and that you started waking up around the birth of your son and then continued to wake up. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because when you came in, you said you chose to incarnate as a white uh, woman presenting yourself in a Western woman's suit. But when you started waking up um, to your true identity, you had to kind of tussle through some of your journey to wake up, which was a little messy. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that for the second waivers who might be tussling with, with their inherited ancient traumas that need to be healed right now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's just, in order to address that, I have to address sort of part of the strategy here is that um, 
part of the strategy of this um, this coming of age, you know, into the age of Aquarius, is to bring everybody into connection with the planet, right? So um, hmm. the planet is going through her own up level, her own frequency rise, and we're all part of her. So we are going to go with her no matter what. So part of this, um, you know, as uh, messengers, as teachers, as second wave, our role is to really invite people to learn about um, connecting with the earth and being part of her. And this whole separation idea needs to be alchemized and sort of transmuted because it's not really true. We're all cells of Mother Earth. And in order for us to suffer less through this transformation process that she's going through, um, she very compassionately has invited all these second wave people, to, you know, souls to come and help because, you know, we – Humans have free will, so they could really um, make it uncomfortable for themselves on the planet during this time when she ascends. So we are here to help that process. So, of course, the useful skill set is um, souls who have some life experience, some lived experience, and even mastery in being um, connected to the earth in earth traditions, ancient earth traditions. So if you're a soul that has had some connection with the planet, maybe you were, um, you know, a, a previous medicine person or a, um, a, you know, a healer or um, you were a plant talker or you could talk to animals or you had some skill like that. If you had lifetimes where you worked on that or you just had ancient wisdom, you were um, maybe a high priest or high priestess or you were um, in Egypt and you, you understood energy and how energy moves. And, you know, so there's all these lifetimes that you could have been part of where you got some insight that's really helpful right now because what we're doing is we're helping people connect to the planet and helping their consciousness to expand so that they realize that they also are capable of psychic connection with everything. And, you know, some souls will readily embrace this. Some souls will be like, oh, I have some other lifetimes where I kind of experienced that, so I can expand on that now, and they'll be easier for them. Some souls are just don't see themselves in that way, and especially ones where they've sort of just only had incarnations on Earth, you know, um, there's souls that have had incarnations on other planets where they've gotten, you know, sort of used to psychic awareness and gifts and things like that. And there's some souls that have just sort of only been human. And for them, it's a little challenging, you know, because they just don't see themselves in that way. But the message is clearly at this time on the planet, everybody is capable of connecting with the earth and all the gifts and all the ancient technologies and everything is available for every person to practice their own mastery and to unlock these gifts. So therefore, just to answer your question, it's a long roundabout way. Anybody who came in as part of the second wave, you're really here to help people unlock that for themselves. And your way of doing that might not be direct teaching. Okay. So um, your way of helping might just be remembering your own gifts, remembering your own wisdom, unlocking your own um, capabilities, and then radiating out that psychic energy to anyone in your vicinity by, you know, you might get the call, go, you know, the insight, go sit at this coffee shop for an hour, and you don't even know why, and you just follow it, and you go sit there for an hour, and you radiate your cosmic awareness, and just that alone is enough through this, you know, sort of like plant-like photosynthesis process to convey to everybody else in that space what you know. 
Now, whether it unlocks for that, those other people or not in this lifetime, it doesn't really matter. We're just sharing the frequencies. We're sharing the consciousness. Mm. We're moving about. You know, it's like heartmath.org, you know, just to make this like less woo-woo for people that are listening that might be like, well, that sounds really interesting, but I don't know if I believe that. Heartmath.org has done great work about heart resonance. You know, when you're able to ground yourself into the earth, when you're able to be very, very present and connected and part of the earth, your heart resonates with the earth's heart, and then your field starts resonating, you know, that Schumann resonance. And well, that itself is very calming and very grounding, right? So just that alone is a benefit of being um, out in places where people might be anxious. You're just tapping yourself in, you're practicing your mastery around being connected to the earth, you're resonating the human resonance, and you're helping everybody in the space because your heart's open, you're able to resonate this and help other hearts come into coherence because coherence is the major game on the planet right now. And hmm. so that right there is like level one reason why you're useful. Um, but beyond that, there's also all this other consciousness stuff that just sort of like everything you've mastered in your soul's lifetimes and that you remember in this physical incarnation all of that wisdom also radiates out to people you know anybody you're around so that helps the whole field rise you can imagine like many of us light workers are doing like lots of healing work right now like healing ancestral patterns healing past life karma you know um all of those healings um, affects the uh, body's resonance and its emissions and it also affects the timelines so, like, let's say um, I did a bunch of healing work on my ancestry, um, and now that healing work is uh, up-leveling up my entire ancestral line, and not only for myself, but for all of my descendants, right? And for my mom, who's, you know, kind of in the middle, it, it up-levels everybody. And as I up-level that, then anybody that I'm talking to, like just on this broadcast, well, you're also getting the benefit of that. And it's just kind of on and on and on and on because, like, how connected are we at the root? Pretty connected, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just some way to share. Like, I know that's a lot, but there, just no, trust I'm... that no matter what, you, you know, healing work you're doing, it's working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that because, you know, also what the message that you gave on your website is that you had said that you inherited much suffering from your ancestral roots, that it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal it, to set each other free. And there are lots of people, like you said, that are coming in for healings, and they are the chain and the link that is going to heal it and set others free at this time. And it's great, great work. So are you drawing forth in your work people who are coming to heal? Is the link of healing that ancestral rune right now? Do you think that's Absolutely. the people that are drawn to you more? Or okay, okay. Well, I mean, those are those people are coming to me. I mean, people that are... Let's face it. I mean, I do shadow work. I do deep ancestral karmic shadow work. So um, as big as my light seems, that's <laughs> because of the roots, you know, it's because of how deep I go. And and so, yeah, people that are doing that work are making big impact in the world. They're um, making big impact on the timelines. So, and a lot of the things that are up for healing right now, just at a collective level, like just looking at what the collective needs 
Um, yes. One of the yes. major things that the collective is working on is healing conflict and separation. So, you know, look at the wars that are happening in Ukraine. You know, a, a lot of what we're healing right now are, is also the shadow of control and, um, you know, power over other people and moving into power within and sovereignty and synergy and working together and um you know we're we're healing the battle of the sexes we're healing um our ideas about sexuality we're healing thousands of years of trauma to female bodied people you know so there's a lot that's healing on the planet right now so the people that are coming in they may not really have the frame of reference to know that that's the bigger picture of the what they're helping to heal they just know that in their life you know they're healing from their divorce or they're healing um a relationship with their son or they're healing the loss of their mother and the relationship they had with their mother or they're healing you know this uh relationship with their father and uh or they want prosperity you know sometimes women are coming in and saying oh um i want to you know my prosperity is just is stuck it's stagnant and i want to like boost my prosperity and that's the reason they're coming in and then in the session i'm looking at it and i'm seeing oh there's a big healing that needs to happen in your ancestral line between the masculine and the feminine. And because mm. there's a war going on there, you know, like, and that's stopping you up in your prosperity because you're meant to be part of that healing. So let's do the healing work. And then all this energy is moving and they're like, oh my gosh, there's all this energy moving in my self chakra and in my third eye. And it's like crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that's because everything's unblocking. You're part of the solution for healing the, the shadow of conflict which at its very, very root, and this is Richard Rudd's work I'm referencing with the gene keys, but at the very root of the shadow of conflict is the battle of the sexes, is the, the divide between the masculine and the feminine. And we're healing that now because, you know, we've been phasing in since the 60s, right, since the first wave, we've been phasing mm-hmm. in the realization that masculine and feminine energies exist in all people, right? This is a Western, primarily Western teaching because, of course, the, you know, the, um, the ancient Eastern cultures have, have known this for a very long time. They call it yin and yang, you know, so they've known this for a while, but we hadn't known that. And in the Western consciousness, we just thought men and women, you know, and we saw the bodies and that's what we thought. Now we're learning, oh, masculine and feminine energy is within each person. So we get to do healing work to bring that into harmony. You know, that's what we're doing for the planet. That makes so much sense. So this healing process that's going on is really important. How do you think that we, the healers and helpers, and can create, because I had a couple clients this morning, and I asked a gentleman, would you be willing to open up Pandora's box that at this time it seems like you haven't been able or willing um, but when the student is ready, the teacher within you is going to help you open up that box. And so he started crying, and I knew that he just needed a safe place because I think most people, Carrie, is, are afraid to open up Pandora's box of what else might be in there. So how can we teachers, helpers, provide a safe environment and invite people to open up that Pandora's box to begin that healing process. 
Well, that's such a beautiful question. And I know that you're aware of this part of the journey that we're also healing on the planet at this time is, um, you know, is we're shifting out of mm, control-based structures, mental control-based structures to learn about God's source, great spirit. And we're moving into experiential, um, personal, sovereign journeys connecting directly to the divine. And in this part of the transformation on the planet, there's going to be a lot of people needing a lot of compassionate, loving support and presence because um, there's been generations of people that have been trained to be afraid of exactly the journey that they're being invited to take now. So, um, you know, there's a lot of fear around trusting your intuition and opening that up. There's a lot of fear around you know, um, multidimensional spaces where you can connect with your ancestors and talk to them. There's a lot of fear around, um, you know, seeing yourself as part of the cosmic divine puzzle. You know, there's there's fear around all of that because of all of the this dogmatic conditioning. And on top of all of that, there's also a lot of programming, and I have many conversations with Jesus about this, um, that, you know, you need to be saved from yourself and that, you know, um, somebody else that's more wise has to save you. And that was definitely not what he intended, but that's what came forth, you know, and it was used as a control structure. So there's a lot of people who are stuck in this idea that they need to be saved. So this is something I contend with in my work as a healer because I know that's not true. I know that every single person is completely sovereign. And I know that, you know, I needed a lot of help to move out of my stuff. So I just, you know, there's a helpful healer that helped me, you know, many healers that helped me along my path. But at the end of the day, we have to know for for every person waking up, the the second wave, the healers, the people are here to help. We have to know like we know like we know that they're not victims. We have to know like we yeah. know like we yeah. know that they are completely capable of healing and taking this journey and that they're safe. And, you know, we can't, um, we can be aware of the story they tell themselves that was conditioned and we can, we definitely have compassion for it. We're not here to fix that. We're here to help them take the journey, like get through the fear and take the journey for themselves and get connected and plugged back into the, the divine because those dogmatic religious structures have really kept people from being connected with their source through this idea mm-hmm. that they're somehow separate. Hmm. Mhm. Mhm. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. I know that Melissa's listening. I know that we had a caller that called in with a question or a comment. Melissa, is that person on the air yet? Yes, I believe so. I can uh, connect you to this person here. Okay. Hello? Hello? Hello, you're on Mm -hmm. the air. Do you have a question for Carrie? Yes, yes. Um, Well, I'm very intrigued with your discussion, both of you. And um, I've been on a healing journey for forever. I'm very frustrated. I still feel stuck. So many problems, including physical ones. And like I said, I've been on a healing journey, healing on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Um, I've also been on a quest to figure out what it is I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life and haven't really opened up my gifts, how I'm supposed to serve 
and I would be in the first group. I hate to admit, but I'm not sure I was a first wave person or what's going on. I've been told different things, but I just feel very blocked, so I I haven't a clue that what I need to do to heal and what I'm supposed to do with this. If you could, if you have any guidance about that. Well, first, I just want to express compassion for the journey that you have undertaken, you know, in this lifetime. What a big journey to come in to a space where you had to rediscover your own divinity. And and I'm feeling the energy of your ancestral line, and I'm feeling how um, many obstacles you've been moving through to transform and reprogram your DNA in order to open up access to these higher gifts and these higher frequencies. And what I'm really feeling mostly right now is, you know, exhaustion. Like I feel like you just feel like I'm so tired. I've been hiking up this mountain and I thought I was going to get there by now and it's still not, I don't see the horizon and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling demoralized by this whole journey is what I'm feeling from you. Is that, is that true? That yeah, feel? that's pretty good. That that's that's pretty good. You kind yeah. of zeroed in. <laughs> Basic, yeah. A very frustrated. Yeah. Very depressed. I um also been grieving the loss of my partner. It's been a few, couple of years, but it's still with me, and it 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 really changed my focus. And I since then I've been really grappling with you know why am I still here and what's the story? You know what am I supposed to do? I'm barely surviving financially. That's another story. I think I've been through a rough life and what I, uh, my dreams never panned out. Um, Ended up being a caregiver for my grandmother for many years. I think that was one of my sole contracts. But anyway, so because of that, I don't have that much money in my till. I didn't work a lot of formal jobs. And after that and between all that, I was, trying to make it as an actress in New York, um, so getting, you know, jobs in between and anyway, and so that didn't work out either. And I've been saying, okay, yeah. I guess that wasn't meant to be universe. What is meant to be for me? And I have never gotten the answer. Well, I I hear your story and, and it's um, I have a lot of compassion for you in this moment. And also, I wanted to share something with you that I see as a common thread, if you'd like to hear that. Sure. Sure. Okay. So what's really interesting that I'm hearing in your story and I'm just the information I'm getting right now is that you've been on this um, lifetime of being a transition in the way that women have self-identified and the roles that they take on in their families and in their self-concept in terms of the work that they could do in the world and the kind of life that they could claim for themselves. And that this lifetime is actually like a, um, it's a life that you, that you get to claim all the gifts of this life and all the work that you've done is like checking those boxes on your soul's curriculum to make the transition so that, if and when you choose another lifetime in a female body, you're like good to go, you know, to achieve the dreams that you started to do, achieve in this lifetime. Now, that doesn't help you in this moment, but what it does do is give you some insight that essentially look at all the patterns 
and the deep healing that you've been doing inside your own self-concept as a woman. Think about how you have tested and challenged the paradigms and the expectations of you and how you have gone after your dreams and how you have said, this is for me. I'm claiming this. I'm claiming my heart. Whether or not it manifested, that that conviction and that um, effort to actually claim it is what's more important, actually, in the end run. And the work that um, many women are doing on the, t- on the planet at this time is the same. We are dismantling the old ideas about the role of a woman and the kind of work that she can do in the world, um, how much money she can earn, what kind of work earns her money, how her family um, makes use of her, and and in this case, um, I'm also seeing that there is a way that what's happening on the planet right now with the masculine and the feminine is that women are um, doing a lot of work to claim our independence and our sovereignty, which means that um, it is very frustrating, you know, because up until now, male-bodied people have been the ones that have provided money, you know, so they've been the ones that make the more money, make the more, bring in the more, the more income. And we've been in the mm-hmm. transition period, you know, since you were a young, a young person, we've been in the transition of, hey, that's not right. You know, like women, no matter what body you're in, you should be able to earn the same money. And so you've been, your whole yes. lifetime has been in that conversation, right? So yeah, in your, so. what I'm seeing in many healings is that, the um, male support role, like in the person's life, sometimes it's the father and sometimes it's the partner. When they cross over, part of what they're doing is crossing over to support the remaining female-bodied person on this side of the veil in strengthening the masculine um, energetic through their bodies. So what I would do is... um, is seek some support in integrating and receiving the masculine support of your partner in your own energetic framework, if that makes sense. Does that land for you as something true? Yes, I think so. Um, I've been told he's around me and um, to just be open to it. Um, And I've been trying more. I have felt him and I have had conversations, but then I always say to myself, oh, you're imagining that because, you know, I have a wild imagination from all the acting and stuff. So I have these, can have conversations <laughs> and things in my head. I'm like, is that me or is that real? So Yeah, and yeah. So, so that's where your trust in, and that's also part of your soul's curriculum because we just talked about how that's the journey that humanity is going through right now, right? The whole arc is to learn that your imagination is the truest thing. Like your imagination and that small voice inside that's telling you or that that you're hearing the message or your body's telling you, maybe um, you have an opening in your heart when he's around or you feel him, you know, even Mm -hmm. um, you hear a silent message from him or you see a little heart-shaped leaf someplace that you didn't expect, and then you know that's him. That knowing is exactly the medicine that you are delivering in your very body for, for everyone you meet, like it's, it's a frequency that radiates. So the more you can trust that, that that's exactly, it's reawakening the feminine intuition, which has been shunned. And you're reawakening mm-hmm. that in your body. That is the work, actually. So, 
And your Mm. imagination and unlocking those gifts is exactly what you're here to do. And it is the work. So as you do it, that is the success. That's the success. Mm, I like that. So how can I... And from a first waiver to another first waiver, I want to (laughs) say... Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because we have macheted a road and a pathway, walked the way of spirit when it wasn't as easy mm-hmm. as it is now. It's not necessarily easy for the second waivers, but certainly when the first waivers came through and we were following our heart's desire, and we were following bliss, and we knew that we connected to all the living life, and we breathed life and gave birth into so many areas. that it. So you've done some really fantastic work. And the only thing I would suggest is to, you might want to look at Carrie's website, which we'll give at the end of this program, uh, our mm-hmm. website here, or to find a tribe, uh, I believe in tribes. Uh, when yeah. you connect with your tribe of women, uh, and they say "booyah," congratulations, you know, um, uh, Tawanda, congratulations, you are doing mm-hmm. some fantastic. Just as Carrie said, uh, you're doing some, have done some fantastic work for all females, for all the lifelines here upon this planet, because that's what we came to do. So, But I would encourage you to find a tribe where you can talk about this stuff and have it be a normal conversation for you always and forever, because that's what brings ease to my soul. It's when I'm able to find those people that I can talk this kind of language with who get me. Oh, I agree. Yes, yes. I've been wanting to yeah. find my tribe, and I certainly don't have it here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at the well, end of the yeah, program, we will certainly give you Carrie's um, website, and uh, uh, that will lead you to some resources. So. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for phoning in. So important. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. God, that was beautiful. Do you see any special more healing I need to do, or? Um, is there a way I can connect more with my partner's energy, be better at that, or more trusting, or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, you. I believe in every soul's ability to connect. And um, so meditation and maybe even a little altar to your partner, an ancestral altar where you can honor this person and say, you're welcome in my heart, you're welcome in my space, you're welcome, I receive your guidance, meditate and contemplate and listen. Those are the main gifts. And, of course, you know, there's lots of healers that can help you to do something more than that if you desire that. But I I believe in every soul's ability to make that connection themselves. And that is part of the learning. You know, that is part of the journey is to unlock it for yourself. Um, and, you know, if you're really wanting some support, get it. Don't deny yourself because um, that could really open up something, right? I mean, I think that that's, that's an experience that I've found in myself. I have to know when to ask for help. Okay. Well, I have been here and there. I've been um, getting healings and stuff when I could afford them. Um, but what kind of support are you referring to? 
in this. Well, for me, it's area. just having a tribe of, of uh, okay. I believe my background and my ancestral roots have always been in with covens and groups of women uh, where we shared our magic with each other and uh, and shared the good and the bad and the ugly <laughs> and still shared our magic with each other of how to transform our own lives, how to find uh, just as Carrie Hummingbird was saying, is that to find that m- male within us and that female within us and move that into such a healing that we become whole again, that we feel the healing happening inside of our own circuitry because we know our own marvelousness. And women who, especially of the first waivers, we had to just as Carrie again had said, is that we didn't get the recognition of the value of the truth of our goddess energy field. It's not, um, people will say, prove the goddess energy or prove it. The reason why we were erased from the Holy Scriptures, we were erased out of the history books because males wrote the history books. And so we were erased, diminished, and denied our respect, but we're here, we're back, we are back. And that's what Carrie brings to the table with her expertise with working with people is she helps them understand that they're, that we're back. And that's what a healing might uh, occur for you as you bring the goddess, the great goddess, the mother goddess within you back, um, back. And sometimes, just as Carrie does a lot of ritual outside, don't you, Carrie? Like, your background is astounding. You've went to Peru. You've had these mighty, mighty teachers along the way that's been brought to you. So you believe in a lot of ritual and ceremony, don't you, Carrie? Yeah, I I definitely do. I believe in inner medicine. Um, You know, our medicine is inside. And yep. uh, I like this word medicine because I like to reframe what medicine means. <laughs> so just just me being fun. But, you know, inner medicine is about um, your gifts, your wisdom, your soul's curriculum, your journey here, this lifetime and this incarnation. And getting a bigger picture of that is really helpful. Um, so, yeah, I work with groups. I, I help them to create a what we call a mesa or a inner medicine bundle which is stones inside rocks and crystals and stones inside this these cloths and i this is a tradition i i learned in the andes mountains of peru i just think they're really you know there's rocks all over the planet so everybody can participate um i love this idea of representing your life's journey with these stones and the way that I do it is also um, a way that I, I love because of the accessibility again. So I want to say, like, this is very accessible. There's rocks everywhere. You can make a cloth. You know, it doesn't have to be the Andean cloth. And I also love Richard Rudd's work, you know, in the gene keys. I mean, the gene keys are just miraculous in the sense that they show us who we really are in this lifetime. They point it out. Um, and then we can understand when we go into a shadow, we can understand, oh, this why I feel disappointed, or that's why I feel stuck, or that's why I feel angry. You know, it's like it makes some sense. And the beauty way is all about embracing the shadows. It's about embracing it and bringing it home and allowing, it. accepting, and embracing it. That's the hardest thing to do as souls, especially when we have our sights on 
you know, I wanted to be an actress or I wanted to, I, you know, I wanted to have a New York Times bestselling book, you know, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. But I, I, we have these aspirations and those are beautiful. We should always embrace our aspirations. Absolutely. Embrace that. That's gorgeous. That's like what we're here to do. And we're also here for so much more that our soul yeah. knows that we're here for. You know, that's the thing that we have to remember is what our soul came here for. Um, and the path to the, the end destination or the thing that we say we, we really desire, that vision we have, that, that path is there to lead us towards it so that in the process of going for that dream, we'll encounter all of the shadows that our soul came here to work with to transmute them into gifts. And that's also why I like the gene keys because then it makes all kinds more sense. You know, I'd like to lead people through that inquiry. It's um, fun for me and fun for them. And, you know, when you put it into a mesa, it just kind of becomes lightning, <laughs> you know, which is great. We're here at the time of thunder and lightning, aren't we, Hope? And we were here at the time yes, of great transformation. Are. We are, we are. And if our listener would do me a favor, if you would give Melissa your name and your number and your address and your email, uh, we will get back to you. We will get back to you. We promise you. We promise you. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for calling. Well, my dear, this has been fantastic. You have such good information and guidance. I do want you to tell just the audience just for a minute where has your travels been uh, and learning come from as you evolved and woke up and become the powerful woman that you are? I know that the medicine was yeah. within, but you've had these beautiful leaders and teachers. Yeah, I have. You know, well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to all the psychotherapists that held space for me for two decades, you know, in weekly <laughs> psychotherapy sessions. Um, thank you so much for listening and holding space. I know I was not teachable. <laughs> and then I decided to be teachable, you know, usually at the end of that journey and uh, you get like um, dark enough, you say, you know what, I'd like some light, please, <laughs> and take the soul's journey. And uh, that's what happened for me. And so I had many teachers. I started off with um, some yoga, um, and that unlocked some things for me. Pretty quickly after that, I began my first shamanic um, training program with a teacher in Austin, um, Gary Starnes. And then right on the heels of that, I studied with uh, Heather Ashamara, who uh, now is well-known for warrior goddess uh, teachings. Uh, apprenticed with her for about six years and while I was taking classes with her because I couldn't get enough you know of the buffet of shamanism available um, I studied and went uh, studying with Alberto Vialdo of uh, the Four Winds uh, Light Body School I became a graduate of that program and um, that program is steeped in um, Andean shamanism and uh, and I should mention that my training with Heather Ash was um, steeped in Toltec traditions. She's uh, actually a protege of Don Miguel Ruiz Sr., uh, the, four went, uh, the book of the Four Agreements. So I studied with them for quite a while. Um, and then the last teachers I've been working with um, on the shamanic front have been um, with the Power Path, which is Jose and Lena Stevens. And Anna. Mm. And um, Jose mm. is a psychotherapist, so, you know, he's got amazing insights. Uh, he's got great books. Transforming Your Dragons is one of the ones that's really great. And so I've learned a lot from them about um, the deep psychological aspects of um, being mm. a human being and with a soul, you know. So all of that I just weave in together, and um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been trained as a healer in so many different ways, and I, I think it's well, all I based will... on the same premise. 
I will we make do this sure that you're... Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you for being on the program. We're going to close in just a little bit, and uh, we, will put your, uh, we will put your information up on RC, on our Facebook, and get that out there to everyone. Thank you so much, Carrie. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Namaste, everyone. Namaste until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Rev. Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.